And welcome to yet another episode of Life on Purpose. You are tuning in for episode 51. And we'd like to thank you truly for tuning in, whether you're listening to uh, through through YouTube, through podcast or whatever. Um, You know, if I was dad right now, I would throw in about, you know, five other things that were only done about 100 years ago or so. Yeah. One string, uh, two cans. We we are thankful and uh, we do encourage you all to, uh, to subscribe to share to comment all these things help the message go further because if you're impacted then surely you would want someone else to be impacted by the same thing there you go. uh if you are viewing then you are noticed that noticing that there is one talking head missing and uh dave is out sick today so prayers with him and uh but we still got the three of us so what's up what do we do what's what, what are we doing where are we what is what time is it <laughs> see yeah I think we've already we've already discussed that. Does anybody really know what time it is? And does anybody really care? <laughs> um, somebody should do a song about that somewhere along the way. Right. Well, mm-hmm. you know, as normal, um, you know, your um, Daniel, your mom, also known as my wife, um, is she asked a question. She she said, uh, "So, what are you guys talking about?" I said, "Well, we're going to be talking about a subject uh, of um, why is this war any different than another war." And um, so she said, well, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a great show. No, she didn't really say that. But, you know, she always says that because she's a little bit prejudiced because not because of me, Ryan. Sorry, not because of you, but, you know, the other one here. That's why she's so prejudiced. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, Ryan, <laughs> why is this war in Israel any different than other, any other war that has been for thousands of years? I'm glad you asked that, Mike. Um, no, so in in thinking about this, when you first posed the question to me, the first thought that came to my head was, well, you know, first we have to quantify what the other wars are or what they look like. Oh, okay. And then we have to determine what makes those wars right or wrong versus what makes this war right or wrong. And the thing that struck me was that both parties on either side of a war usually think that they are in the right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would not fight for their nation or their cause or their religion or or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. They are of the firm belief that they are correct. Okay. And they are also typically of the belief that – God is on their side, whichever God that they may serve. Mm -hmm. And in thinking of this, the lyrics to a song came to my mind, and I'm going to read the whole lyrics because they build upon each other. Uh, Some of you can stone me if you like, but that's okay. Um, This song is written by uh, Mr. Bob Dylan, and it is called With God on Our Side. Hmm. And I think what he has to say here is kind of interesting. It gives us an interesting perspective that maybe we can build on. He says, my name, it ain't nothing. My age, it means less. The country I come from is called the Midwest. 
I was taught and brought up there, the laws to abide, and that the land that I live in has God on its side. Oh, the history books tell it, they tell it so well. The cavalry's charged and the Indians fell. The cavalry's charged and the Indians died. The country was young with God on its side. The Spanish-American War had its day, mm. and the Civil War, too, was soon laid away. And the names of the heroes I was made to memorize, with guns in their hands and God on their side. The First World War, boys, it came and it went. The reason for fighting I never did get, but I learned to accept it and accept it with pride, for you don't count the dead when God's on your side. The Second World War came to an end. We forgave the Germans, and then we were friends. Though they murdered six million, in the ovens they fried. The Germans now, too, have God on their side. I've learned to hate the Russians all through my whole life. If another war comes, it's them we must fight. To hate them and fear him, or to fear them, to run and to hide, and accept it all bravely, with God on my side. And now we've got weapons of chemical dust. If fire them we're forced to, then fire them we must. One push of a button and a shot the world wide. And you never ask questions when God's on your side. Through many a dark hour, I've been thinking about this, that Jesus Christ was betrayed with a kiss. But I can't think for you. You'll have to decide whether Judas Iscariot had God on his side. So now as I'm leaving, I'm weary as hell. The confusion I'm feeling, ain't no tongue can tell. The words fill my head and they fall to the floor. That if God's on our side, then maybe he'll stop this next war. Wow. I thought I'd heard wow, Bob Dylan. I've never heard that. It's one of his earlier ones. There's a couple go. ways. Yeah, no, just no. Finish up, Ryan. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to throw in just kind of a couple ways we can take this because there's a couple ways you can look at it. One is, you know, every everybody throughout history has declared, like he said in this song, that we are doing this because God is on our side. Yeah. Now, obviously, the history books are written because all of mankind's steps have been ordered by a creator. Uh, and he has allowed certain things to take place for his glory and for the betterment and the ultimate fulfillment of his plan and kingdom. The second way we can look at this is that if throughout these wars we as humankind have claimed, but God is on our side, what evidence is there truly in this particular case? that God is on the side of Israel. And what can we do to to quantify that to the listener that they may better understand how that is so? Okay, let's put that second that that last <laughs> question. I got I got way too many things going around in my head. Let's let's say <laughs> that last section and and shelve it for just a moment. Sounds good. Daniel, go ahead. I, I want you to run with this. 
going back to the original question just just the, or just whatever yeah i mean that just the song the 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 god yeah, is on our side the whatever you know that is a that's an incredible question truly that that is a very very deep question to ponder and i think i think and i think ryan you would agree with me that the question we should be asking is not is god on our side but are mm -hmm. we on god's side yeah indeed yeah taking into account you know the the latter question that we'll that we shelved for later um and i think to even get to that point of am i on god's side it, it requires self-sacrifice it requires putting yourself putting your flesh to death and i think a lot of the things that are going through my head right now are things that we've discussed on the show a long time ago we you know we kind of talked about moral absolutes a long time ago and those are some of the things that we have to to ask is of you know how do we know we are on god's side and for us it's looking at the scripture and seeing and weighing what we see around us with the with the scale of the scripture and only then can we really tell you know are we truly on god's side or are we trying to pull him over to our side and then make it seem like we're on his side that kind of thing but that um I think that's a question that needs to be asked in many areas of life. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a different way to ask the question of, you know, am I doing his will essentially? Am I on his side? And when world events like this happen, it kind of funnels everything down to probably the most important thing. I think that's one of the things I've been feeling in the past weeks is that, all the things that I was going through, that I am going through, that are around me, the decisions I have to make, all this kind of stuff, they are still important and they still need attention because if I stopped paying attention to them, they would all just fall to the ground and then that would be kind of the end of me. Mm -hmm. But it really has a way of funneling everything down, down into kind of pure perspective. And... I don't know if that really kind of goes along with what you're saying, but that's just kind of what goes through my head at the moment. You know, I, I think the last month, okay, here we are, um, November 13th. And, um, you know, we've talked about, I remember 9-11. I remember where I was. I remember the, the exact moment. I, exa I remember watching the airplanes um, on on television. Uh, I also remember waking up just over a month ago and turning the, you know, checking my phone and looking and seeing what was going on and turning the television on and just in, in amazement of, of what was going on. October 7th, for many of us, will be a day that defines us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess you could say 9-11. But for those of us that are trying to follow scripture, I think in a way October 7th may have been a more defining moment than, than, than anything else. Yeah. Uh, the question, 
that you posed there, Daniel, it was my first thought when, when Ryan started to read that. Um, it is one thing to say, well, God is on our side, but how do we know that? You know, when, when Native Americans were being slaughtered uh, faster than the buffalo, wh whose side were we on? Uh, I, I think it's the, the question is, it should be asked in what we're doing is, is, am I on, is God on my side or am I on his? And have mm -hmm. I taken the time to discern what's the difference between those two things? You know, I just did mm -hmm. a message. Daniel was there on this last Shabbat. Um, I'm planning on re-recording that for the month of December, talking about uh, the the so-called church fathers, Martin Luther, various ones, and how the writings of Martin Luther were actually used to condone the killings during the time of the Shoah, the Holocaust. Um. And, and Ryan, as that song said, you know, it's just like, oh, well, now they're our friends. You know, hey, oh, this over. Let's just let whatever mm -hmm. bygones be bygones. Where I, I don't even know what that, that silly term means. But let's just forget it all and just move forward. Um, you know, after Pearl Harbor, how do you just move forward from Pearl Harbor? How, how do you move forward from Nagasaki? From Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. how, how do you just move forward from that? Uh, let me let me just give you a real quick, a real quick um, analogy here, and, and Ron, I'll turn it back over to you. I don't know if this is going to fit or not, but I, I guess maybe it will. My uh, uncle was a uh, a bomber pilot in World War II, and also in Korean War. Um. And so he was, he was part of the, he was in the Pacific. Um, I think he was flying, I can't, B-52s, I believe it was. And so I don't know the number of, he, he doesn't know the number of people that he killed from, you know, thousands of feet up in the air by pulling one lever and dropping the whole load of bombs on, uh, on Japan. My granddad had been working in the naval field fields uh, during that time. And, um, you know, Japan was, was in that day, the enemy. And then my uncle goes and buys one of the first Toyotas to come into the United States, a Toyota Corolla. I remember this standing in their driveway. And I remember him trying to explain to my granddad that Japan was making a car. because the war is over. Let's just forget about what happened and let's just move on. And that's going to bring us to this statement again in just a moment of why is this war different than other wars? Ryan? So in answering that question, part of, part of the answer that came to me was, was this. And I've heard this mentioned, you know, especially in recent days uh, with sort of the um, I, I need to be careful how I phrase this, but with this sort of uh, social justice yeah. uh, movement, right? And and no doubt there has been atrocities committed to, to peoples worldwide. 
but I would challenge most anyone to give me evidence of a land or a country that is on or possessing land that was not captured in conquest of another people. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. In contrast yeah. to that, though the land of Israel was, we, we read about it in, in Exodus. We read about its conquest. It was granted to the children of Israel yeah. by the Creator and deeded to them. And in the case of, in fact, that even this last parashah, uh, mm-hmm. we, we read about Abraham purchasing the cave in the field. Yeah. And it says this is going to be a permanent possession for the descendants of Abraham right. for all time. So here we have documented proof of legal ownership by the children of Israel. And yet we have another nation that seeks their destruction committing unbridled, horrible acts of terrorism in order to frighten and terrorize the inhabitants of that land and somehow claim their own legal right to it, building their own places of worship on the very tops of places of worship that were there before built by the children of Israel and then claiming that somehow they have a right to that space even though there's English archaeological proof that they do not and let us not forget Um, Daniel let me throw something in before I forget it please yeah go ahead let us not forget that though the world does not want to talk about it right now, there's there are about 240 hostages that are possibly alive. We don't even know that. But but we believe that there might be as many as 240 men, women, and children. And I know this this is a program that a lot of ages listen to, but if those people are alive. There's not a day that has gone by that they were not beaten, raped, yep. and nearly starved to death. But yet, yep. that's not talked about because it's not politically correct. I'm sorry, Daniel, go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> I think one thing that is probably important to remember as we look in retrospect of, of some of these things is that 99 times out of 100, maybe more, it's a few power-hungry wastes of human flesh that decide to go to initiate and wars, and it's always the truly innocent people who bear the cost. Yeah. Um, I... I believe that was most likely true for Japan. I believe that was most likely true for uh, probably a lot of people within Germany. And to some extent, I think that there, it's a hard, it's hard to say right now, but there's some videos emerging of Gazans right now. Like some of them are openly saying Hamas is the evil people. The Jews have been good to us. Yeah. Like there's people within Gaza saying that right now. Now, what do those people actually believe? I don't know but they're at least acknowledging to video that's going to be posted on the internet that the Jews have been good to them and Hamas is the evil one. So 
it's always the regular innocent people who deserve to be at peace with each other that bear the biggest cost and the biggest uh, lash against their name. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, I think it's also important to remember or, or to look at Ryan, what you were saying, you know, going back all the way to to Abraham and and the documentation we have, um, what is it that is standing today that stood to some extent or was uh, created to some extent thousands of years ago? And there are very, very few things that we can look at today that have as much documented proof as the scripture does. And we can take back these two lines of people all pretty much all the way back to Genesis, not pretty much. You can take them all the way back to Genesis. Mm -hmm. And so that is one of the reasons that this war is different is because it, it's, it feels it, it's one of the things that has been declared from the beginning and has never stopped because it is directly involving scripture. I, I think I've said this before, but in case I didn't, any amount of prophecy that you want to assign to America is purely speculative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't directly point at anything as a physical land to America or anything outside of the Middle East, essentially. There, it just, you, you can try to make ties. You can kind of say this represents this. That's fine, I think, to some extent. Um, but there is no physical thing like there is with Israel and with those people. When it's Israel, it's different because it is where the scripture is talking about where it took place and where it's going to take place, all that kind of stuff. That is why it's different and why it hits so, so deeply. And so, so much different um, in the same vein as like what stands. I remember uh, my wife, Catesby was uh, listening to a podcast where the wife of Keith Green was being interviewed and she was kind of telling some of their story, which is pretty insane. So they ended up living together before they were married. Neither one of them were believers and they were both essentially investigating all this stuff, like all the religions, all that kind of stuff. Keith moves in with uh, his wife. I can't remember her name, um, but he ends up going through her bookshelf and he just throwing stuff off the bookshelf. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I've looked into all that stuff. There's nothing there. He's, I mean, he's just throwing all this, you know, religious stuff off probably you know, new agey, all kinds of stuff. But he said, he pointed to the Bible and he said, you can leave this one though. He said, because everywhere that I've read, they at least say that Jesus was a good man. Wow. And I think that to, that in itself is really pretty impactful that every, every religion, maybe even Islam included, to, maybe, I can't remember, don't quote me on that one, but at least Jewish people, they say he was a good man. Uh, and yeah, how many people, yeah. yeah, how many people on the planet does almost every religion point to and say, yeah, he was at least a good man. And to even try to emulate him, how he related to people, that is, it's amazing. And just one more thing, and I'll, I'll pass it over to one of you. Um, we, the question that we're trying to answer cannot be answered of how, or it cannot be, uh, can, we can't convince anyone. And we've talked about that before because we do not wage war with or converse with physical things, but powers and principalities. And it has never been more apparent that there are many 
many hundreds of thousands, millions of people who have totally given themselves over to this power and this principality of death and darkness. And the, the Holy Spirit is their only hope. It's their only hope. You know, um, we, we could, we could do a whole program on Islam. Um, that's, you know, we, we could, but I'm not planning on doing that anytime soon. I I did not plan this one when I put this, uh, this text out to you guys the other day, but all of a sudden, as we've been talking, it's dawned on me why this war is different than any other war. And because it, it is based upon, it is based in Israel itself, which we see that is the, you know, the nation of the scripture. I, I, I agree with you, Daniel, that, you know, to superimpose prophecies on America, possibly the only area I could go to right off the top of my head that you could, you could maybe make a, a pretty good correlation is Jeremiah chapter 51, if you want to read that one. And um, it, it talks about Babylon, but it talks about a, a, a land sitting on many waters. And if you've ever looked at a map, Babylon is not sitting on, you know, in the midst of many waters. So just, just something for you guys to look at on your own later on. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 51. So what, what makes this, this battle different is because this battle is one that you cannot separate the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob out of. Mm -hmm. So it's an attack upon him, upon his covenant. So what if the difference in this war is this is a war that does not have a natural beginning, but instead is based upon a battle that began in the spiritual realm. Let me give you a bit of context on that, a scripture. In Isaiah chapter 14, and I'm going to turn this over to you after I read this, Ryan. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, how did you come to fall from the heavens, morning star, son of the dawn? How did you come to be cut to the ground, conqueror of nations? You thought to yourself, I will scale the heavens. I will raise my throne above God's stars. I will sit on the Mount of Assembly far away in the north. I will raise, rise past the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Is the reason this war is different than other wars is because this is one that has a spiritual beginning and is being fought out. And the, the end prize is this. Is God a liar or not? Will Satan, Hasatan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, his uh, old pastor, uh, Brother Roloff used to call him old smutty face. Uh, you know, is, is this is this the reason why this war is different than another war, Ryan? I would say that this war is different from all other wars in that context and that unlike many other wars before it this one has eternal consequences mm -hmm. 
I saw I saw a marketing phrase today, and it was of all things, it was for a watch company. But I I think that its phrase applies in this case. It said, "Eternity has no competition." Wow. Let me stop and ponder that one for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe for an eternity. Yeah. Try to try to explain that one a little bit for me. Okay. It's maybe above my pay grade. Eternity has no competition. Well, there's certainly nothing more valuable than eternity. There's nothing that lasts longer mm-hmm. than eternity. There's no better gift you can give somebody than to spend their life in, et- uh, in eternity, at least it, in the heavenly sense, or no greater punishment yeah. than to spend their life in eternity, in eternal punishment. So I think therein that statement is correct. Eternity has no competition. Well, I think that reminds me of one of the programs we did weeks or months or something ago of how when we're living right now are we are we living frivolously with our time with our resources with our gifts or are we living in such a way that those time resources and gifts are an investment toward eternity and i think i think that's one of the things i was kind of feeling too as far as this funneling down into just kind of what 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 is really true when something like this happens you kind of have to do that you kind of have to look at everything around you and view it in the light of recent events because if you look at your life in the light of recent events and there is enough there is no no, no hope for you then it just it just makes the fruit of your life very evident there there's no there's no hiding there's no getting away from feeling um everything that's happened if you if you haven't felt anything then you have some qualities like that of a um, a narcissist in in the sense of not being capable to feel things and so there's no getting away from the feeling it but what's left after those feelings dissipate a little bit is 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 there hopelessness or or is there hope um and the only the only way that you can have hope is by weighing it in light of eternity and i think your question dad was was interesting or was poignant of is God a liar or is he not? Because when something like this happens, you it really puts that it it puts him to the test, and we have to be careful with that because the scripture says don't put the Lord your God to the test. But you just really start paying attention to things and being like, wow, everything that's going on right now has direct consequences and relations to the promises of the scripture in the scripture towards the Jewish people towards the people of Israel. And it's just something you really got to pay attention to and kind of view everything through that lens. You know, I mean, we can, we can look at, of course, this week's Torah portion is, um, 
in Genesis chapter 25, and it talks about the birth of, uh, of Jacob and Esau. Mm-hmm. And we read about later on, you know, Jacob, have I loved and Esau, have I hated? Because this is about the covenant. This is about the word of, of God, of Elohim. This is about, is God, and this is what I taught this uh, past Shabbat, is God a liar or not? Did he say to Abraham, I will give you and your descendants through Isaac and through Jacob, I will give you know, and, and the whole split with Islam, just to give a, a nutshell here, is that Islam takes itself back to Ishmael, whereas biblically we go back to Isaac. And so there's where the this whole thing, now Islam was not founded until, um, you know, many centuries later, okay, and that's a, that's a lot more history lesson there. Um so, but but how can I just kind of, you know, is there something I can just look at in history and say, okay, this makes sense? Well, first of all, name for me a country that had a people in a language that the people, almost all of them left that country. The language was almost lost, but then they were brought back and a nation was born in a day. And the language was restored, uh, according to the book of Isaiah. All right, but I was looking, uh, I was looking at my phone to see if uh, if a good friend of mine in Israel uh, that owns a a store there, he has a T-shirt, and I've never bought the T-shirt because I, I just you know I just don't don't really like that kind of T-shirt. But um, I'm going to buy one next time I'm there. And on the back of the T-shirt, it goes through and it's had a, it has a list of about 20 different countries that have come against Israel. You know, you got, you got uh, the Pharaoh, you got Haman, you got, you know, just name them, the, the inquisitions, the programs, the, all of, all these countries, all these, these different peoples that have come against Israel. Who's standing? Israel. Yeah. Uh, you know, who a nation is born in a day is attacked by how many countries and and wins? Uh, who else has six-day wars, Ryan? Can you name one? I really can't. Uh, not off the top of my head, at least. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure somebody will, will pick on some, you know, particular instance, you know, way back in, in some far flung corner of the earth, but I had wars longer than that in, in, in school with the, the class bully. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. It's, it's true. And especially like when you think of how big the empires were that came against them, yeah. Egypt was not a small empire. It was the biggest empire of the time. Rome was not a small empire. It was the biggest one of yeah. the time. And the Jewish people, or the people in, in the case of Egypt, the people of Israel, the Hebrews, they were they were tiny in comparison. Yeah. And they were the one who were subjugated to 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 slavery in there, and basically slavery in, in Rome as well. And yet, who came out on top? Who's not here anymore? Rome. The, the Roman Empire, as, well, the empire yeah. as, as it was. Yeah. Right. 
So it's, it's, that's, it's, well, the more you think about it, the, the more it doesn't make sense, which makes everything happening right now make more sense. Yeah. Good way to put it. Yeah. And that's why when this question was raised, as I began sort of looking at this, I was like, the argument that the opposition has against Israel is so silly because it is, it's so founded in, lies in um, propaganda, just entirely in falsehood. And yet we have this generation that is raised up, um, you know, which we've been warned it was coming, but this generation that's been raised up that is buying this lie hook, line, and sinker and propagating it. You know, Ryan, the crazy thing about what you just said is that the, the the propagating of the lie is yes, this this quote unquote younger generation, but it's the older generation that's driving it. You know, yes. it's, it's like the, the younger yeah. generation is in the bus and 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 some guy my age is driving it, you know, that that may not have been alive during the Shoah, but I know people that were. Right. The, these these professors, all these people that are they're driving this thing, and in the the lies that in the in a day of 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 information. Okay, I mean the book of Daniel is is if it's not true now, I don't know when it is. Uh, knowledge shall increase. There, if you here's a here's a fascinating study for people to go. Uh, Go back and and look at and you can you can search this because information is increased. Uh, you can search how often did information double. It used to take centuries, mm. then it was years, and now in some areas of technology, uh, the last I was the last I saw information is doubling at the rate of every thirty seconds in some areas of computer industry. Now, with all of that, it seems like that that any mental midget could go online and type in map of Middle East, map of Arab countries, map of Israel, ratio of land of the Middle East, of what is owned by what is what is owned by the Arabs, Versus Israel. I, I just saw it on, a meme on Facebook. I mean, that didn't take much to find. And it is this mass of land there that is then in the center of that is little tiny, tiny Israel. And everybody's complaining because, see, it's not that Israel exists. It is that the Jewish people are breathing. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to find something real yeah. quick. Go ahead, guys. I was going to say, um, it's coming, it's coming, it's it's here. Um, oh yeah, it's it's what's truly amazing is I heard it said this way when which is it's beyond the capability to believe and understand that the Nazis, as awful as they were, they still kind of did things quietly. Mm -hmm. and undercover and it wasn't until 
later that it was discovered what they were doing. Right now, it's done openly and being celebrated. And the quiet part is being said out loud through and through everywhere, you know, from the river to the sea. It is a call for the complete genocide of the Jewish people. And beyond that, we've said this before on the show too, these people hate Christians and um, people who represent the the West, we'll call it, just as much or at least pretty close to as much as they hate Jews. And that is... They and I'm not. That's not me saying this. That's them saying this. Yeah. There is there is video of of you know Palestinian type people openly saying in Germany like yeah you know we'll we'll overtake Germany. I don't care about that. We live here and all that kind of stuff. We'll we'll throw down the flag and establish our own country here. And that is the manifestation of the enemy trying to have his will on the earth. Mm-hmm. Is having his way on the earth that is the evidence of the battle being spiritual you know coming from the morning star you know that yeah. fell himself he is playing a very strong hand at the moment let Indeed. me go back to my statement uh ryan and i'll turn it over to you uh just I pulled it up so i can turn my screen off and it's, it's not glaring in my face uh, there, there's this this guy. He's not ex, he's not the brightest candle in the menorah, um, but you know has a little bit of of time to do a little bit of research. So uh, there's a this this obscure website. It's called joinedtohashem.org. <laughs> I think that's mine. And um, you can go onto that website, and there's a uh, there's a tab on there called Israel. And then it takes you to one called Lies and Biases. So if you want to just take notes here, the lie, the Arabs need the land, okay? The truth, uh, there are 18 Arab countries. Now, this is this is from a few years ago. 18 Arab countries with 5.25 million square miles of land. There's one state of Israel with 800 square miles of land, ratio 640 to 1. Now, for those that are not mathematicians here, let me put it down into little simpler terms. Uh, this is like the Arabs owning 8.9 Alaskas and the Jews owning 0.65% of New Jersey. And, and they, they need the land? I don't know. Like I said, not the brightest candle in menorah sometimes, but I can figure that out. Ryan. We, <laughs> Daniel, you, you said it so eloquently with the, um, the, the lie that the, the evil is being practiced openly. We have become a world of, uncovered evil mm-hmm. and it is being celebrated and practiced i mean you know just look at at some of the issues we're facing the ridiculous issues that we face now we've, we've talked about it on this show before you know can a, a man who identifies as a woman use a, a woman's bathroom you know that things that we 
shouldn't be taken for granted that there are two genders, you know, that, that stare us in the face. They're black or white. It is binary, ones or zeros. And yet are twisted and turned and misconformed into this absolute mess that we have. And then we sit back and wonder why we are dealing with what we're dealing with now. You know, it, you look at even like the common core math that's being taught in in schools and they can't even, you know, divide properly yeah. in a simple matter. It takes an entire sheet of eight and a half by 11 notebook paper in order to divide a single problem. Yeah. And yet we wonder why we are where we are. Uh, and, and frankly, I think it's because, you know, I've said it before, and that's that common phrase of all it takes for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing. There's a lot of good men that have just done nothing. Well, that's a true statement. And continue to do nothing. I get Okay, so let me ask you a question in the middle of this. Ryan, you posed it. I'll give it to both of you. So what do we do? Okay, tomorrow. Oh, man. Gonna, okay. Yeah. You know, tomorrow there's going to be a rally in uh, in Washington. Uh, and I I mean, I, I know people that are going and, and call it a vote. More power to them. I'm not. Um, it's not that I don't stand with Israel. And, you know, I mean, I think I'm pretty overt <laughs> in that. But at the same time, I've never seen a, a a mind changed from someone standing on this side on this street corner yelling at the person on the other street corner. I've never seen a mind change there. The only time I've seen minds changed is when people get in the middle of the street and start talking civilly to one another. Mm. So is is this again? I'm not judging anybody that's, that's going to be there. But will this continue the divide? Will it will it even make the divide worse? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But so what can Ryan, David, or Daniel, what can you know, I, good men do? I've I've thought about this question to no success. Actually, okay, right. Because, well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> well, I want I want everyone to understand how difficult of a question it is. Yeah. Because in the Proverbs it says, "Don't side with the revolutionaries." Exactly. And when Yeshua came, he was a different kind of revolution. He was a revolution of the spirit he struck people to their spirit with a spiritual sword no longer needing a physical weapon. And so that I believe, I believe that this, this, this may not be true, but I'm just going to say it anyway, this question may be much harder for people who believe in Yeshua than, than Jewish people even, or people who do not believe because, because of how Yeshua taught. Mm-hmm because there's we can't get around the fact that it says love your enemies i wouldn't say that i wouldn't have said for everyone to feel that or to to enact that but that's what he said and so the reason that it's so hard to figure out what to do is because we have to tie in what we feel should be done 
even what we feel should be done based upon, you know, kind of toward the beginning of scripture. And I'm not one to say that there's an old Testament and new Testament. They're totally separate. That's not me at all, but there is a, there is an evolving nature of how God teaches his people and how he has them address situations. And, and so there's like this real struggle, especially as a man, I think a real struggle between what should I do but how do I really apply, how do I balance the teachings of Yeshua and how he taught us to live and the fact that I know that there's no physical solution to this. I know that the only solution is for him to come back. And so that makes the question an extremely difficult one. It truly does. And I don't want anyone to think that it's easy. It's not, it's not, you can't just say we go over there guns blazing and you know take the whole thing ourselves and bring in you know the messianic age it's not that simple and and so i don't know i'll hand it over to one of you but i wanted to to say that because it is it's it's really difficult actually good ryan i I think i got some thoughts there either one of those so i think the thing that that sort of sticks out to me In a current sense, but also even in a past sense, you know, we're in this predicament now because of the failure of, um, like I said, you know, good good men to do something, uh, to stand up for what is right and what is pure and what is just, uh, instead of bending the knee and, and allow you eventually allow a little leaven and it leaveneth the whole lump. If we want to use a, <laughs> you know, a little bit of scripture, there. King, King James, some some King Jim, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, this show is called Life on Purpose. I would propose that walk, figure out what purpose God has for you and walk in it. And that purpose will ultimately lead to what his purpose will be. Uh, I'm going to use the, it, uh, I'll use the example of a watch, right? When we look at the face of a watch, all we see is the hands on the face telling the time, right? You may not be a hand. You may not get to be the hour hand. You might be the hairspring in the back doing this you're not supposed to be a hand but your part is integral in the Mm -hmm. function of that particular piece's purpose Mm -hmm. you know mike i I think you're a fine example of this even though you're not you know going on over there and and strapping on a you know micro galil and going to war in the walking in the purpose that you are in you are feeding soldiers purchasing equipment that needs to be, to be purchased um you know countless other ways yet you remain in north carolina yet you remain as a, a torah teacher as a, a host of, of podcast and a great many other things but you are functioning in your purpose that god has put before you without waiver a man of morals who does not, when the line is drawn in the sand, does not step back from it. And I think that too often in our society, that's exactly what we've seen. And and I sometimes, I feel like I'm talking and, and it's too little too late, you know, a, another drop in the ocean, you know, because our society yeah. is filled with people, well, you know, well, well, what do I care if they're if they're gay? You know, openly. Uh, what do I care if if they? 
want to disobey what the Torah has to say. What do I, you know what I mean? It, it, it starts with the little things and it's, it's a gradual, you know, an avalanche doesn't start as this great big thing. It yeah. starts off with a little bit of snow beginning to move. And then after a good while, then we have an avalanche and then we are, we're sitting as we are in the position we are now going, well, now <laughs> what do we do to stop this thing? Hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your kind words, Ryan. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've checked the air fire, the airfare to uh, to Israel. <laughs> I'm I'm sure. Yeah, as as much as my my wife uh, the other morning, she said you didn't book a flight, did you? <laughs> no, but I looked. <laughs> um, yeah, it's about all I can do not to not to be in the land, and um, that's that's another subject. Uh, Daniel, I want to go back to what you just said. Um, so the the whole thing of love your enemies, you know, when Yeshua was asked what the what's two greatest commandments: love your love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, that's he wasn't quoting uh, the Apostle Paul. Then uh, he mm -hmm. wasn't making words up. He was quoting the words of the Hebrew Scriptures, the Tanakh at the day of the day, and still there today. Isn't Israel doing that today? I mean, mm -hmm. a month ago, couldn't they have just gone in and carpet bombed the the whole place? Um, I, I sure I'm 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 with it, you know, for what was done. They could Israel has the technology to level Gaza. Israel has the technology to make it into a sheet of glass. It is there. They could have done that. Mm -hmm. But yet they've gone in surgically. And now they're going in rescuing babies in a hospital that Hamas and many of the Palestinians were going to use as tools to show their death. That mm -hmm. so-called was at the hands of Israel. But yet Israel is at the risk of their own soldiers' lives going in to rescue those little children to open up corridors to show mercy. So isn't yeah. the, the essence of love your neighbor? Is it that I always seek that there would be an opportunity for redemption? Is that not the, the greatest love that I could have for someone? That if I if I met someone who is a, a serial killer, someone that has has been convicted of a crime, um, I, I think of uh, of uh, Elliot Elizabeth Elliot. Mm -hmm. Her husband Jim Elliot was an evangelist. Went in to evangelize. Uh, I can't remember the 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 place. It's just right off the top of my head here went in to evangelize a, a tribe that had uh, was cannibalistic, that had not seen the white men, and they landed, went okay for a little while, and Jim Elliott and the pilots were killed. Um, I won't go any further than that. Elizabeth Elliott later on went back and was able to share the gospel with those same people that had put her husband to death 
is there no greater love than that? You see, love does not excuse, and this would go against the liberal thought of today, love does not excuse the unrepentant. Love brings an end to the unrepentant so that the repentant can live. Very well said. Very, very well said. Remind me what I said, because I just kind of, I was just listening to myself say it, so. I... <laughs> that's how it goes, though. Every time. Gatesby's <laughs> like, what you guys talk about? And I'm like, you know, I don't actually know. Yeah. But it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. I need to go back and listen. And so, I, yeah, I fully 100% agree with everything you just said. And just to clarify for any of the listeners that may have misunderstood, I, when quoting Love Your Enemies, would not, I wasn't making any conclusions at that point. Yeah. Only yeah. bringing the, the, uh, the dynamic and, yeah, and so, asking a, a, you know, throw something on the table there. Exactly. Like I, I think that Israel, how they have gone about everything has been above and beyond what anybody could possibly expect of anybody else in a, a circumstance a fraction of what they are facing. And so ask yourself the question. This is and this would be my final thoughts. Ask yourself the question, what can I do in order to not be a good man or woman who does nothing and therefore permits evil to to come about? And yeah. I would definitely encourage everyone to think of that in in light of what Ryan said as far as your purpose. And remembering that your purpose could be very hidden for a long time until it's not. Until it's not. Right. This will be my closing thought, I guess, since we're about to be out of time. Uh, I'll, I'll read you the lyrics to one more song. <laughs> I think it's just perfect for this. Also by Bob Dylan called Neighborhood Bully, and it was written specifically for Israel. Oh. He says, well, the neighborhood bully, he's just one man. His enemies say that he's on their land. They've got him outnumbered a million to one. He's got no place to escape to, no place to run. Yeah, he's the neighborhood bully. The neighborhood bully, he just lives to survive. He's criticized and condemned for being alive. He's not supposed to fight back. He's supposed to have thick skin, supposed to lay down and die when his door is kicked in. The neighborhood bully's been driven out of every land. He's wandered the earth, an exiled man. Seen his family scattered, his people hounded and torn. He's always on trial for just being born. Well, he knocked out a lynch mob. He was criticized. Old women condemn him, said he should apologize. Then he destroyed a bomb factory. Nobody was glad. The bombs were meant for him, yet he was supposed to feel bad. Well, the chances are against it, and the odds are slim that he'll live by the rules that the world makes for him. Because there's a noose at his neck and a gun at his back, and a license to kill him is given out to every maniac. Well, he's got no allies to really speak of. What he gets, he must pay for. He doesn't get it out of love. He buys obsolete weapons, and he won't be denied. But no one sends flesh and blood to fight by his side. Well, he's surrounded by pacifists who all want peace. They pray for it nightly that the bloodshed must cease. No, they wouldn't hurt a fly. To hurt one, they would weep. 
So they lay and they wait for this bully to fall asleep. Yeah, he's the neighborhood bully. Every empire that's enslaved him is gone. Egypt and Rome, even the great Babylon. He's made a garden of paradise in the desert sand, in bed with nobody, under no one's command. Now his holiest books have been trampled upon. No contract he signed was worth what it was written on. He took the crumbs of the world and turned it into wealth, took sickness and disease, and he turned it into health. What's anybody indebted to him for? Nothing that they say. He just likes to cause war. Pride and prejudice and superstition indeed. They wait for this bully like a dog waits for feed. What has he done to wear so many scars? Does he change the course of rivers? Does he pollute the moon and stars? Neighborhood bully standing on the hill, running out the clock, time standing still. <laughs> Guess I gotta go download some Bob Dylan. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the his after show today is going to be a dissertation on Bob Dylan. His <laughs> album Infidels is all about Israel. It's actually really good. Infidels, okay. Infidels. I, let, me, yep. let me write that down because uh, <laughs> I, I got to start listening to some of this stuff. <laughs> well, what a you know, tune in to to uh, to Life on Purpose. You just never know what uh, <laughs> what. <laughs> you might need to listen to after that okay. oh well guys uh good show i think it's, it's given me some things to think about and uh i pray that for others it has also um if you're uh, you know what can a, what can a good man do well you can if you listen to this podcast and you're like hey that was pretty good information well you can do one of two things you can share it or do nothing choice is yours you can do nothing or you can do something. And maybe that's just sharing it. And who knows where that may go. So uh, I, the, the question to ponder this week for me is this. Um, it, it's not so much that I won't, I, I don't want, not really wanting God to be on my side. I'm wanting to be on his because he's the one that uh, has plans for us for good and for not, not for evil to give us a future and a hope. So make sure in the end, you're on his side. See you guys next week. Sounds good. See ya. You alone hear my every prayer. You're the God who's always there.